You are listening to I Survived the Wild Outdoors podcast, where real outdoors men and women share their heroic tales of survival. I'm your host, Brad Mathewson, and this is their story. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Bill Fendler of Alaska and upstate New York. Bill is the owner of WFP Log Construction, specializing in log cabins and rustic furniture. He spends a good part of his year working in Alaska and fishing for salmon. One Tuesday evening back on September 22, 2010, he was fishing for silver salmon on the Swanson River on the Kenai Peninsula, which is home to a very healthy bear population. After having success fishing, he was headed down a trail on the way back to his truck, and he encountered a very large brown bear. Bill, can you tell us what happened? Well, a brief little prehistory. Um, well, I did live in Alaska for like, like a total of like eight years, but there was like a section in between I wasn't up there. Well, um, so it was like the second time I went back, I was just kind of feeling it out a little bit. It was I just wasn't going, jumping right back into like working and stuff. It was kind of like almost like a little bit of a vacation and kind of like testing work and stuff. And there was like a couple of properties that I see that were for sale and I wanted to check them out. And then, you know, think about building a cabin or a house over there down on the Kenai Peninsula. So anyways, um, had some friends that I met before up in the panhandle of Idaho deer hunting and there were buddies of mine and then, you know, talking about fishing and stuff like that in Alaska and them guys are like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. And they were single and they like to work and stuff. And it was pretty good money working up in Alaska and they did commercial roughing. So them guys were up there and they were already up there before I was that year. So that was in 2009. And I do like a lot of log work and log railings and stuff. And I was pretty busy. And then I got, um, it was probably like the middle of July in 2009 and, uh, just before King Salmon season closed. And I really wanted to get a nice big King Salmon. So I went up to Alaska and then, um, had my little car and actually drove all across the country, like six days of driving. Wow. And, uh. Yeah. So I got up there and um, I did get like a really big king, like a 50 pound, I think it was like 51 pounds I caught with my fly rod and I, I killed that fish and capped it and I taxidermied it myself. And I went and seen that property. I liked it. And then I only stayed in Alaska like like a couple weeks, two, three weeks tops. And then I went back east and stuff and they did more working and stuff. So like over the course of the winter, I uh, purchased the property. It was just like a little over an acre or whatever. And so then the next year was 2010. I might have had plans to go back like earlier. A lot of the years, if I wasn't staying there, I would go back like the beginning or mid-May. And uh, usually with the daylight up there turning over quicker by like middle of June, you get the longest day of the year, land of the midnight sun. Yep. They uh, So like in May, you go to begin to May, you know, even like, Wisconsin and stuff, some places like the, the the grass ain't really growing yet and the buds on the trees haven't come out, you know, if you got like a long, cold winter. Yep. Um, so like up there, it's like, wow, the leaves are completely out and the grass started growing, but it'd be like 48, 50, 52, like your own anchorage. And then you'd always have um, the weather would, the jet stream would come in off the ocean. So, it would, you know, it'd be misty, rainy a lot, you know, most of the June, then you get like the latter part of the summer and it was nicer. So I, I kind of plan it that way. And I was pretty busy doing my work and didn't get back to Alaska. I owned the property and uh, had plans to build in the place. Didn't get there until, uh, I think it was like the later part of August. It was, I think it was like mid-August. You had to get, uh, didn't really, in that area, didn't need a building permit or anything. You, uh, it wasn't in a big city. You had to have a driveway permit. And um, so I'm like, 
get things rolling. And it was pretty basic drawing that I did and uh, built like a 20 by 30 with like a loft in it. And I picked like the most level spot on the land, you know, did some like digging, hand digging and uh, some sauna tubes and then did a basic framing and stuff. And I had like the whole shell up on my place and um, no running water or no electricity. I did have a generator. Okay. And uh, it was pretty cool. It was like up in the northern part of uh, the Kenai Peninsula. You got to go up above Kenai. So like the Kenai River, that's like the world-class like king salmon fish. Yep. And that's like where the world record comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of bears. <laughs> yeah. There's some big bears. This area on the Kenai Peninsula, these are the same big brown bears that they have on the Alaska Peninsula and the same as like Kodiak. That whole area, they're gigantic. Yep. You know, you got 1,000, 1,200 pounds, even some even bigger than that, 1,400 and bigger. You know, even like in Alaska Peninsula, they talked about like a big sow could be like a 1,000 or 1,200 pounds and like a, they'll keep their cubs for two years and the cub could be like six, 800 pounds. Yeah. It's like ginormous. <laughs> so anyways, going back to my uh, building my place, I had the shell up and um, actually a friend of mine who was a retired state trooper with the BCI and everything, he had came out for like a week and he had this, you know, I don't know, I get, talking about Alaska, this and that. I always like grow other people's interests. So like, Hey, come and visit and do this or do that. So he come up and wanted to do some fishing and uh, he helped me do some of the roof, I think. And then he, he, he flew back home. And then it was only like that week after that, maybe a week later, I guess. So like the most general moose season for uh, like rifle was like, I believe it was uh, like August 20th to September 20th. And uh, in this area above where I lived, the, um, it was probably 10 miles, and you went to the end of the road, um, the Kenai Spur Highway. Okay. And, yeah, there was a, a trout stream over there. <clears throat> Salmon and stuff came in there. It was a Swanson River. So I've been over there before a few times, and there was, like, a beaver dam, and there was quite a few salmon up in there. My friend that come visit me, like, a week prior, we went up there, and there was quite a bit of fish. And I don't think I went since then since he left it was like the first time back so then it was uh the 21st moose season ended the 20th in like in that area they have seasons that go on later on october and this and that draws and stuff like that but anyways like okay well you know kind of joking around well i guess you know i ain't gotta worry about hunters being in the woods it's after moose season i says maybe i'll go up there fishing or something and i was working on the place so that same day on the 21st, I, went, you know, I knew the sawmill place that had like bigger wood chips. I got a load of that and I, I went back to the place and I was like shoving it around like my, where my peers were. And I'm like, man, it's like getting towards dinner time, kind of getting hungry. And uh, it's like 20 miles back to Kenai and like, well, I'm going to drive way back to town and to get something to eat or, you know, I could cook out like I'd have been like in a little propane stove. I says, well, maybe I'll just run up quick to the stream up there and grab the salmon. I'm pretty good salmon fisherman growing up by Lake Ontario all these years. But anyways, I says, okay, well, getting kind of late, sun's starting to go down. I says, well, I better hurry up and go over there. It was probably like 10 miles up to the end of the road. And you get up to that area, you get up on top of the hill. It's a nice big paved road. Nobody hardly ever on that upper part there. Now, and there's a big. Now, are you thinking about bears when you're going out and fishing these streams all the time? Are like, are you carrying anything as far as oh, yeah, bear spray or a gauge, weapon? Well, 12 gauge pump. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah, I I've been different times. Like the first few times I was in Alaska, and the um, first years. Like the, well, the very first year, I never cured anything. Like, you know, like you just figure like, well, I guess they run away, you know, like you see bears from black bears and stuff. Like yep. 
just scared of people. You know what I mean? You know, you go to these areas and there's like thousands of guys around there fishing. Like, you know, it can't be that bad of a deal. No. But then, like, you know, you go and, you know, the one place I used to go was up by Russian River and I would go way up above all the people, like 100 yards, I think, below the, the waterfalls. There was like a sign and you could start fishing there. That was like the last the furthest upper place you could go. And I would spend the night up there because you had like three, four hours of like that twilight kind of time, yep. like a witching hour kind of late. And then I would see some giant bears walk and you were like kind of stuck in there because it's like right in like a super steep mountainside. So it was like almost going to the edge of a roof to try to get out of there. You just stood there. You know, and it was like living like a goat trail almost alongside the stream. And then the river was like three feet deep, just like ripping right down through there. And those bears are walking around there like five feet on the shoulders and all four legs are big ones. But, uh, yeah, that was around bears and stuff like that. And then, you know, the more you're into it, like you should start carrying a gun or whatever. And you always get the, the bear spray thing. And then, yep. you, know, I, you know, living in Alaska. I've been places, remote places, working and stuff, and the wind's blowing like 50 miles an hour. Like, you think you're not going to spring at no, the bear in the wind thing. You're just going to spray yourself. You I've been spray there. yourself and going to bite you. I've been there. It's it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, so that day, um, I got up there, and on the road, to kind of describe the area, you had to go probably, like, I think from the town, it was like 10 miles up. It was like maybe 10 miles from my house. But they did end up there. There was like the Captain Cook Park, and then you went out. There was like a parking area up on top at the very end where people would like park their trailers and pick up trucks, and then they take their four wheelers and they go way off in the bush. Or you went to the left right there. There was like a little camping area, like a campground, a little bathroom facility, and there's like these bluff campsites overlooking the Cook Inlet on the ocean. Yeah. And that was kind of nice, you know. But just before then, coming on the south side, we're on top of the hill, and it was probably like a half a mile stretch right there, a nice straight. We went down in the bottom of the hill, and there was a bridge, and then went back up. And there was like one guy parked down there just off the side of the guardrail, and he'll stand on the bridge fishing. I see you guys see him fishing there. If you're on the bridge, you can look over to the left, and you can see the ocean out there, like a few hundred yards. So they, they would have some tidal water there. <clears throat> but just before they're on top of the hill, he took a right-hand turn, he went back on the dirt road. I don't think it was a mile back in there. There was like a, it was, it just seemed, you could just tell it looked like bear country. It was all heavy, dark timber in there. And there was big enough little dirt gravel parking lot. You could probably squeeze like eight, 10 pickup trucks in there. And there was like an old, like outhouse bathroom place. And it was kind of like abandoned looking. I don't think I used it. But it was a dirt path. I don't think it was big enough. You could put a four wheeler on it. It was probably like two and a half, three feet wide, a well used path that people walked on. Yep. And it would take you, uh, about 15, 20 minutes walk at a fast walk, they get up to this beaver dam that I like to go to. You know, if you had to go any faster, you almost would be jogging. Okay. And, uh, and I says, okay, well, I better get up there and go up there. And they had my pickup truck and parked over there and put my chest waders on, had my fly rod and 12-gauge pump, 870 Remington, Super Magnum. Yep. So anyways, I uh, added up through there, got to my spot, and it was kind of thick brush there was like some willows and alders and stuff on the right hand side so just before the the beaver dam you would just cross the stream and then on the left side you get up above the dam it was you can tell bears have been around there because it, it was like that swale grass kind of stuff and yeah. it was like matted down of course i fished over before and kind of walked around so i was like and then you could so you could because i was fly fishing you needed some room so it wasn't caught in the trees so anyways i caught one nice one had a nice color to it a uh, male had like the nice spawning colors. It was a cohol. They call them silvers. And then I took pictures of it and I threw it back. And then fished a little bit longer and then I got a nice fresh female that was a chrome silver one. 
Okay. And I said, oh, this is a nice one. So I kept that one. It's just probably just come up from the ocean not too long because it was really chrome. So I kept that and I says, okay, I got to get out of here. It's getting late. And then I got across the back, pulled the thing. That, um, I, I think it probably either snapped the neck on the fish or it just gills up. They kill it quickly. And then it was probably bleeding too. But um, So anyways, I get up there and I get on the trail. And I'm like three quarters of the way back to my truck. And now you kind of describe the area that they get the siding and the atmosphere of the situation where it happened. The river's on the right-hand side of me as I'm going back. And it's over probably like 100 yards or more. And then kind of a trout stream, it's probably only like 15, 20 feet across. But the way it caught out the landscape, it's kind of like in a big, I wouldn't say a canyon, but it's a pretty good-sized valley. So it kind of makes like a big opening in the woods, you know, because yep. most of the trees are down in. So looking out... It was kind of like grassland with, well, not grassland. There's like popple trees, aspens, and then um, a few like spruce trees. But the spruce were like growing in the opening where the branches would be all needled out right to the, the almost to the ground, you know. And they were kind of spaced out. Yep. And you can kind of look through them kind of fairly open. And then where that creek was, like they opened it in the canyon, it, it made almost like a, a horizon like, you know, like you would be silhouetted. Yep. Because that's what happened. I was walking through, and I was kind of going pretty fast, and I look over, and then silhouetted right on the edge of that block where the creek would be, there was this great big bear walking up through. And I was like, holy crap, I can't believe he didn't just see me. And he's just like walking through like he didn't even notice I was there. Not really exaggerating anything. It seemed like the grass was like four feet tall, and it looked like the bear was like 18 inches out of the grass. Okay. All four legs walking up through. <laughs> and then he got up. There was like some timber that was a little bit thicker. He went out of sight. There must be, there was like a breeze or something, a little bit. The wind direction probably was going to where he just intercepted my set. Because then all of a sudden, it was like a light switch. All I, I could hear him just went, oh, oh. He was just like doing that really aggressive, like, yep. he was pissed off. And then I could hear branches. He was like motoring right out towards me. I was like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. And, uh, so I like dropped a fish in the fishing pole and then I had my shotgun and it's like, he's coming through and then, you know, he might hesitate a little bit and making some noise, but they're so vocal. Their lungs are so big. And then like, even like being up close to them, that sound will vibrate. It just so goes right through you. But anyways, I could hear him coming. So I yelled a few times to like to try to scare him off or whatever. Cause he already knows I'm there. So I'm trying to make some sound and noise and stuff like, you know, whatever you could do because I didn't want to shoot him or nothing. So it was like the last resort kind of thing. And that doesn't stop me. He comes around behind, right up past us to the right of the spruce tree and he had his head down. I remember looking at the little beady eyes he had and the little shape of his nose. Everything he looked right at me and he just started to jot out at me and I had my gun up then. And um, so I put it right on, put the bead right on his head, like right above his eyes. And I pulled the trigger and I thought for sure he was just going to fold up right there and roll over. And um, it didn't mean nothing to him. He just like, it was like two, three jumps, and he was right at me. I didn't even have enough time to pump the shotgun. Holy shit. And, um, yeah, I freaking, uh, it just like, boom. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, you're like, I wasn't like in shock where I like, I can't move or anything. It was just so damn quick. He was like right there, and he hit me so hard like a football player. Well, probably a lot more than that. Um, the shotgun went flying on my hand, and he hit me so hard. I think he just come and probably just. You know, I don't even remember like seeing him like four feet away or anything. It, all of a sudden he was there and boom, I got, all I can remember is I got knocked back and like the, the air knocked right on my lungs. And the gun went flying. I probably got knocked back like 10, 15 feet from while standing. So I'm like on the ground and next thing they can hear him coming and I don't know where this gun's at. 
And then, um, you know, it's pretty good. It's a good shock. You know, you're trying to get Ori, you know, you know, get your footing and figure out what you're doing, you know. And then um, next thing you know, he's over on top of me and he's, he's, he's pissed off and he's, you know, it isn't like a growling. He's going through. Um, you know, have you seen videos of bears running off other bears, you know, that, that the vocalization of them and then just and like, you know, get out of my area kind of thing. Yep. He was doing that. And then, you know, I just like closed my eyes as tight as I could. And then like started to cover my head and he was like trying to bite. A, I had like a baseball cap, like a camouflage one with like whole rice fishing glasses. They had like a blue tint to them reflective like blue but anyways i had that and he was like biting on my head but the, the it was like slipping because my hat was there so then i was covering up my arms i remember uh um he bit, was biting on my arm you know and uh i don't really know if i was like like i wasn't really like vocalizing myself much screaming or whatever i was just trying to um cover myself off and then he did for some reason it, it was like hesitated but he must have just like seen my thigh was like out in the wide open because it was like he wasn't saying nothing all of a sudden boom he comes right down he bites right in my right upper thigh like right in the center of it and you know i'm guessing because this bear when he came over by me before i kind of lost track where he was at you know i would say he was probably as high as my shoulders um on all four legs Yep. You know, I'm guessing like close to five feet and I would say he was like a thousand pound bear. And so anyways, he bites into my thigh and then while all that pressure, just, you know, getting to judge, justify the size of the bear with the pressure of his bite, you know, I guess like an alligator is like 2000 pounds. So these things are probably about the same, you know, yep. and, uh, the teeth on them are probably the big ones like that. They're like the canines are like two and a half inches and they're kind of rounded and the whole, all the other teeth and you're just sinking the teeth as far as they can sink into my thigh. And just crush. So this is kind of get real intense here. So anyways, the pain was like, like, you know, I described it to people a lot of different times. It'd be like, if you made like a fake bare teeth, set of teeth out of steel plates and you put it on your thigh and drive it the, the motor part of the pickup truck over your leg and have all that pressure across your leg, that was oh. like the pain in it. Yeah. So I'm like yelling and then he doesn't like that. So then he like bites on my arm and he freaking drags me like 40, 50 feet to the woods. And there was like a dead log and I kind of went over and I ripped off like skin on my knuckles and like ripped off part of my, one of my fingernails. And um, so then I'm like, oh, I'm done now. It's like, I'm thinking to myself. And uh, so the gun's way over there or something. I don't even know where it's at. So I'm kind of like, I remember like I could see the sky it was a gray kind of overcast day anyways. And then like the tops of the trees and like there's some trees without any leaves on them. And I would see that kind of stuff kind of flashing around really quick. And he gets me over in this one spot and he was just like thrashing me around like a rag doll. And the weight of me didn't mean nothing. And I was getting thrown around. And every time I kind of got flopped around where I like was like had like a half a socket, I would like kind of flop myself down. So like my chest was like protected, like facing down and that would cover my head again. Yep. And he was like growling around and like biting on me and stuff like this. And it seemed like he was um, getting more mad. Like, how come you're not leaving? I'm biting you. Get the hell out of my area kind of thing. This do you think he I'm was just trying to neutralize you in order to get the food? Do you think that? Or do you think no, he was I, trying I to kill you and eat you? I think it had nothing, 0% to do with that fish. I think um, he was... It would be just like if he had like a mean dog tied up behind some guy's trailer or house and the dog was like really protective and you walk around that corner of the house and startle that dog. Yep. He's going to like just out of instinct, like bite you. 
Okay. I think it was like a protective, like instinctive territorial kind of thing that bears do with other bears. And, you know, cause he wasn't like trying to kill me to like eat me. It was like aggression kind of attack, you know, just like I said. Okay. So anyways, so I'm getting flopped around there and, um, you know, he's biting at me. And at one point my butt, he, uh, did, I had like regular like Levi jeans on underneath my chest waders, but they were like, they weren't the neoprene waders. They were probably like, uh, I forgot what they were, but they're kind of like the breathable waders. Yep. And uh, so he bites through all that in my butt. He bit me a couple, I think I had like four, he, like two times he picked, and he actually picked me right up my whole body by my butt. So it was one of this, did rip wow. all the watch and everything away. So he did that. And then, um, then he was going, then he was like, the vocalization of these things, the lungs are so big. I mean, it's a big animal. You, you know, here I'm probably like 230, 240 pound guy, you know, five foot 11. And then you got like this thousand pound pound bear. It's a bigger animal, has bigger lungs. Yep. And then being mean, the, the, the vocalization of that growling and aggressiveness coming out of its mouth, it, it, will go, it goes right through your whole body. It's like so intense. So he, uh, it seems like he's getting. I could tell by the, the the voice, his tone of his growling and everything. It was he was getting more agitated. It was like getting more intense. It was like you know. But then he started to like go onto my head more, and then um, I think he was kind of more on my right hand side, and then um, biting on my. I I could feel. Uh, you know, I could hear the crunching and the scraping of his teeth on my skull. I could hear it popping and. Uh, there was one time where I thought he actually like broke my skull and there was like, my brains were hanging out. It was like, um, uh, that's how hard or how painful it was. I mean, you know, you could edit part of this out, but you know, it'd be, if he had like some sort of tool or something, their, their teeth are not like knives. It's like a dull round thing. And then, cause I had like, it had like a big flap on my scalp. Okay. We were ripped, you know, like several inches up. I think what it did was he had, as he was to the right of me, and he was, he's upright, his top teeth would be over further towards my eyes on top of my head, and the bottom teeth were in the bottom part of my skull. So the bottom teeth ripped between the, the distance between the two teeth, it ripped it out there and made like a, the two bottom teeth come up and made like a strip. So that was like the main part that was like flopping or whatever on the hair. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that, and they ripped a good artery in there. We'll get to that point when I get to the hospital, but, uh, so that was like the, the pain that, I don't know if that was worse than the leg one, but, um, yeah, people don't know what pain is when they're just ripping, because your scalp is probably like a half inch thick, and then your teeth are scraping my skull. And, um, I was like screaming and stuff and yelling for help, and, um, you know, I, uh, I even, you know, it was like, I was like yelling for God and like Jesus and everything, and then it was like, I, uh, it was like, you know, it was like, this is it. Like, you, you like, what do you got? What, what are you going to do? What do you, what do you, where are you going here? Like, you know, you have, this is the end. You got to, you know, you're on your last little bit or whatever. And uh, anything that will work yeah. and anything to help. And then I don't have like another sidearm, you know, a guy actually needs, you know, forget like, oh, don't shoot bears and you just use bear spray. You get into a situation, you actually need. Bizarre, you know, no matter what I had, I could have had a bazooka in my hands. That went flying. That's gone. I got dragged over here. So now you need, like, a, even some of these giant bears, I don't think a 44 Magnum is big enough. I, you know, even a 50 caliber on these ones, these 
I've seen some of these mounts on them yeah. and um, the heads on them are humongous. So you would need one, even like, a, then you would need an ankle one too. <laughs> you need a couple of sidearms, a scrap team. So anyways, he's like tearing away and he's waiting on me and I'm um, hearing my head cracking and popping. And um, then, you know, he's right there. I mean, we're, it's just, his head's touching my head and I could hear him starting like the gurgling. And I don't know if it was from my shot that I made or if it was the blood of my scalp and the artery going up into his airway. Okay. He was doing, because I've deer hunted before and been up on deer and stuff pretty quick. And then I've heard that with the lungs start to fill up with blood. Yep. And I kind of know what I was hearing. And that's what it sounded like he was doing. He was having some hard time breathing, like in a gurgling kind of thing in his breathing. And it was weird as heck. And um, he started squealing and he ran out of there as fast as he came, if not faster. And he, he went to the right, basically where my truck was. He went that way and he was gone. And like, wow. And then like, I had, I was like, it was such a, it was like a three minute deal from the beginning when I first seen him to right now. And I, uh, I couldn't believe it. I like, I tried my eyes, you know, everything was crunched right down. I had my eyes so I never in my whole life like squeezed my eyes so tight and then I like didn't even know how to like open them and then I could figure out okay I'm still alive I guess yep. and I opened my eyes up and um, okay I can see I can't believe I can actually see for one and I could feel like crap hanging off my head and like my whole head was like saturated with blood and my, that flap my skin and my head so anyways like okay and then the five thing he must have got the muscles pretty good I was like, okay I think the gun is over here and I was kind of disoriented a little bit. I says, okay, I think this is towards where the trail is. And I did kind of go that way and I did find the trail. And then I looked around and didn't find my hat and I didn't see, well, the fish was there because that was pretty bright colored. And I yep. seen the fishing pole, had a nice fly rod. I grabbed the gun and I pumped it. I don't know if I pumped it before or not, but I just pumped it again, made sure I had another round in there. And I grabbed the fly rod and I had a hard time walking with my right leg, my thigh was bothering me. I was limping pretty good. And I figured I even used it as a freaking fishing pole to help me go or the, the gun. But I just walked and just fought off the pain and got back to the truck and it was just about dark. And my truck, that I bought the 97 GMC. It was a short box, Emerald Green, stick shift standard with a Vortec V6 motor. And I had almost 400,000 miles on it. I'm like, I was like looking for my keys. I found my keys. I was like, oh man, just start one more time. Yep. <laughs> So I threw my crap in the truck, and uh, I think I might have pumped out the rest of the bullets because I'm a safety guy. And threw all that crap in the fishing pole, and I had a bunch of gear in there, and there some old shirts and things. And like, okay, the truck started. And it was just time of night where you needed headlights, so I backed up drove all the way out to that road. I looked over and it was still kind of, you know, not pitch black, but the, the guy wasn't down there where he was fishing earlier. So I turned left to go towards town. I had a cell phone with me. I don't even think they're really like smartphones then, but whatever cell phone I had worked. And then, so I got up to like the road where I would turn to go left to my place. And I usually get cell service there. And I was trying to call 911, couldn't get no cell service. So I just kept on going. And then finally there was uh, um, the fire hall. The fire company had their old building on the right hand side and they build a brand new facility in the left and they're using both buildings and just got almost into town and finally got a woman operator and told her I got mauled by a bear. So, um, I did meet, I just before then I did see uh, like a few miles up, there was a guy pulling out of the driveway with a pickup truck. I did stop and the guy, obviously, because I pulled up and I'm like right in his headlights and he could see me in my side window and my door of my truck. So he okay. knew something was up because my whole head looked like he dumped a five-gallon bucket of blood over it. Yep. So I come over to the guy and I'm like, hey, man, I just got attacked by a bear. I don't know if I can make it to the place. Could you at least follow me? And he's like, okay, yeah. 
So then I go in and I get the phone call. It comes in and then she says, okay, we'll meet, have the people meet you there. It's like holding parking lot. It's a blacktop parking lot with like yellow lines for your vehicles. I pull up to the grass park. I right between the lines, shut my truck off. I got out. I got the chest waders on. And these guys come out, these firemen, and they're asking me, uh, um, you know, what's going on? And blah, blah, blah. We just got this call. And I said, yeah, man, I got this. And then kind of went into the fireplace. And then they kind of got me back out so I wouldn't get blood everywhere. And um, finally, like, okay, let's get going, man. So we're driving. Um, there's uh, three guys. There's one guy in the back with me. I was, like, on the stretch or whatever. And, man, I was like, oh, I'm so thirsty. And, like, I went through this. It's like, I don't know. Can't be. It's gonna be way worse than running the marathon. And then, you know, because I think I lost like pretty much half of my blood as it was. And I was dehydrated and just went through the whole ordeal. I was like thirsty. And then nobody would give me anything to drink. So then they like give me some IVs and different things, a couple syringes of stuff. I was like, I was going on adrenaline. You know, my adrenaline was. I was probably, you know, I was hyped up then because I was like, oh man, blah blah blah. I was kind of, you know, like if I had like freaking a whole pot of coffee. And uh, way worse than that. But um, so I'm like going, talking about this and this, and we're going, going to the thing. And it was, you know, it's like 26, 27 miles, I think. Like if, where I was to like get to Kenai, I think it was like 20 miles to like the first stoplight. And then you went a few more stoplights, and there was like a Walmart stuff. And there's that section in between the two towns. So we got over there. So it was probably, you know, I don't know, 15 minute drive or something like that. And uh, got in the hospital. And uh, I think at the time, well, it was, at that time of year, the 21st of September, I had like a dark, um, I don't know, that was between like 7, 8 o'clock or something like that. I remember I was like kind of going into surgery like around like 9.30 p.m. or something. But I got in the room and then there was, oh, I was all covered with everything. And then there was a couple of male nurses that had to come in before I had any surgery. Everything quit bleeding. There was no more blood coming out of me. Uh, but every, it, it stung. That stinging pain was like everywhere. And then um, I don't remember if anybody gave anything for pain. And I don't think they wanted to try anything until I had a surgery or they want to change the chemistry of my body. They want to mess with that. And then they were like, well, you did lose about half of your blood, but we're not going to give you a blood transfusion. We'll just give you an IV and put more fluid back into you. But they met, uh, there was a couple of male nurses and they kind of cleaned me up and stuff and the best they could. And they got me over in the emergency room and the doctor came over and the guy said, I'm this Dutch surgeon. I says, I'm the only one here. Do you accept me for your surgeon? And I said, sure. You're <laughs> the only guy. <laughs> so uh, at that time, because they had 911 call and then it was a bear shooting and the mauling and all that kind of stuff. And the state police were there. There was two officers. There was a younger guy and it just started out in his twenties. I think he might've been 18 or 18, 20. And then another guy, probably thirties or forties at the time. And uh, he, uh, the guy was up against the wall standing there and then the surgeon was talking. I told him, I says, everything was legitimate. I was like protecting my wife by shooting at this bear that was trying to kill me. And I'm um, telling him a little bit of the story. And he's like, this is fine. Blah, blah, blah. And um, the surgeon guy picked up the flap of my head and there was like the artery and the blood was like, it started pumping with my heartbeat. And yep. the guy was like 10 feet away and almost, it was hitting the wall like 10 feet away. <laughs> and, wow. um, yeah. And then like, okay. And this is, well, I'm going to take care of this one first. And then, um, he didn't want to, um, uh, just try to connect. He says, I'll just cover it. I'll flap it over and sew it up. It will like naturally heal itself. And I thought it was the best way to do it with everybody. I agreed to it. And, uh, um, cause it was still like losing out stuff like in February. This is like middle of September. Okay. You know, it had stitches 
Did they so actually, then, did they did, put you under then or? No, I was awake the whole time. But um, that anesthesia, well, it's not really anesthesia, but the numbing compound that they have in the syringe. Like, like ner- so nerve block or something. They, he would do like one limb at a time. Okay. I had, I remember at one point I counted like 40 major punctures and rips and that's not counting like hundreds of little scrapes and stuff. Yep. Um, he uh, would like do one arm or whatever. And then there was so much of that stuff in me. Um, then they would wait like half an hour, 40 minutes and then do another one. And it was like, you know, if you read any of the things on it, it says three hours of surgery, but I was in there for like 12 hours. Cause it was like nine thirty in the morning by the time I got to like the recovery room. Yep. And then I spent like three days in there. And I suppose they're really worried about infection because bears, you know, they're eating carry on, you know, they're dead animals and. Oh yeah. And their the, mouths uh, are just nasty. Yeah. That's what he had said. Um, they gave me these antibiotics of some sort that he had claimed um, they were the most potent, most the best for that situation. He says, even if you have some debris still in there, it will like zero it out for me. It will just like your body will like heal over or whatever. It will get rid of everything that's going to be any kind of infection. Because, you know, you can flush out the best you can. You know, you don't know. Cause some of the things are down in three inches into your flesh. You know, you don't know if there's a grain of a tiny little fragment of a leaf or something yep. down in there. You know what I mean? So uh, they cleaned them up pretty good and then, you know, sewed me up and then got the recovery room and I spent three days there. So what did the game wardens come and then talk to you about? There was no game wardens, no. There was no game no, wardens. Um, did they go no. back after this bear or did you, was the bear wounded yeah, or what? Went, yeah, they went back the next day, whatever. I forgot. I, I, I must have talked to that guy. I know I talked to that guy a few different times. Even like a few years later, I called that guy. He gave me his card and I talked to him. But um, right at the, the exact time they didn't find the bear or anything um they uh i I guess they couldn't even find like my hat and sunglasses and then um you know fish anything would tuck that the fox or something yeah um that was only three things was there the hat and sunglasses and the fish and then you know i was kind of dragged away so like away from the trail even when the bear hit me it was you know I think I kind of backed away from the trail too. I was trying to look for a place to kind of hide or climb a tree or something. Okay. So I, I think I kind of came back like 30 feet away from the trail, you know, to the right. And then, um, so I was like in that vicinity and then I got thrown back further and then dragged off. So like when they went in there, they were probably like 50 yards and they could never found, you know, unless I tried to them back and I didn't know exactly where that was either. I know I was probably like three quarters away, if not 80% back to my truck, the parking area. I was almost back, and then I seen him. So when you shot the bear, were you using slugs in your shotgun? Yeah. You know. Do you think you you wounded him at all or just pissed him off? or? Um, I don't know. You, you hear different things with uh, they're slanted and they Yeah, I've heard about – yeah, that's what I've heard about with, on bear and the big bears. That, yeah. You know, sometimes they can glance but, uh, off. Right. I had a three and a half inch super magnum too, but uh, yeah, that wasn't enough for that big ass brown bear. <laughs> so what? What's uh? I mean, how long did it take for you to recover from your injuries? Um, you know, uh, like immediately. Um, I don't know. I like I said, it was probably like February. I still had like on my scalp part, there was like stitches and stuff that uh, I had. Uh, stuff was like oozing out. 
um, you know, it's like uh, it was probably good because it wasn't like in my scalp area. It was good to kind of let it drain, I guess, probably. Okay. Um, the other things, you know, I don't know um, if it was, I don't think it was as late as six months, but it might have been uh, a few months when I got the other stitches out. Well, they kind of like, nothing was like bulged out where it looked infected and it looked like the skin healed over. And it says, okay, yeah. I guess it's, never get the stitches pulled out so that was at least probably a couple months after that how bad was your thigh uh the thigh was uh um i don't think there was like too much muscle damage i, I guess it probably bothered me a little bit longer i had uh we had like uh there was like like some of my family and friends had like a benefit for me okay like, um in, like middle of november or something and i think i i know uh obviously you could see all the bites on and then um there might have been you know the, the main one was on my head well, they kind of like, I don't know if I put this in this part of this, but, um, when they, when I was first in the hospital, um, they like shaved, you know, they do the surgery, they're going to shave your head. And yep. then they had like a shaver and then it kind of broke like halfway through. So it looked like Frankenstein monster <laughs> with like half the hair. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so part of my hair, cause I did, I might've trimmed some of it, but like, well, would it be like, um, two months of my hair growing back? It doesn't grow back a real lot. So you're going to see. You know, I'm like showing people. Yeah, like patches on your like head. That. I always said like someday I might have to shave my head completely, and then I could. I'm the, I, I get a pretty good sized dent. Every once in a while, I'll get someone say, "Hey, look at this big dent in my head," and you can feel the the big groove. Yeah. And like just above my ear, but I have like a I call it like this my crucifix and one on my right hand. I have when I flex my hand up, you can see the big dent right dead center, and he bit me completely through that palm, wow. and it might have been both teeth. I'm not really sure. And then I have uh, on my left arm, I have uh, the, the top canines are four and a half inches across. I have a friend in Kansas that got a, a 900 pound Kodiak that was uh, like a nine and a half, 10 foot bear, like a 900 pounder. And um, his, his his top teeth on that bear was only like two and a half inches. It's like nowhere near as big as wow. like Yeah. And I had on my shoulder, they kind of disappeared, especially when I get suntans and stuff. And um, they actually do measure like five inches. Okay. On the arm, um, and then the, that's you ain't gonna get any bigger than the oh. um, the top canines because on the bear, you know, the, the the top bite is over, just like a German Shepherd. The top bite is over the bottom yep. teeth. Yep. So then um, I got some claw marks on the back, and um, I show them once in a while. They're not. There's nothing really more than like an inch as far as like a rip, but my scalp ones, I still probably have a couple two and a half inch dent there. And I can feel different holes that I feel around my top of my head. I got some different holes that are kind of distinct. And then um, there was like one on my forehead, like on the right side that was actually in my hairline and my hair receded a little bit since then. So it's now just out of there. And that's got kind of a dent. And then the four big ones on my thigh and then, you know, on my butt, there's one that's just like a, your belt line. Looks like a, like if you, I got shot with like a 50 caliber muzzleloader. I have that like round like hole right there. Okay. And there's a couple other smaller little rips. But um, yeah, just some visual marks. You know, they're there. Have you had <laughs> any uh, long-lasting physical problems from this bear attack? Not really physical, no. No, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it traumatizes. Have you gone back to the spot where it happened? Have you been back there I fishing? Went, I didn't go that far back. I went um, up a ways or whatever. I think the next year or whatever. 
I didn't go all the way, like all the way back where I figured. I, I got to the, the, I went to the parking lot, walked over the street, checked it all and left the trail a little ways. And I said, That's, I don't need to go right to the next spot or where I think it is. Okay. I'm good with it. <laughs> I mean, did it change which, as far as how you fished out there? Did you, I mean, is there anything you did differently? I never or? went back and fished over there ever again. I mean, did you um, fish other I, streams and run into bears? And yeah. I, I did that bother you? Or? For, so that was 2010 and I went for like, 2012 was like my last year and then i had my place there and then um i think like a year later like around 2013 i think i sold it okay <clears throat> but um but i still love alaska and i want to you know go back and this and that and uh do things and i did i like i was out around we went fishing a lot of places where there were bears in their areas i you know I did buy, end up buying like a huge like elephant gun after that. I bought like this uh, 375 Ultra Magnum. Okay. I, I ended up doing like a 270 grain bullet at Remington. So I've actually shot some black bears with it and some white tails with it. And um, I, uh, I think they've gone. It's, uh, and then, um, you know, I was a resident there for a while and I, I, I did order uh, like a, that was a six shooter. Uh, 50 caliber handgun, but it was like back ordered. It was like, I think it was like Smith and Wesson 500 or what's that? The Smith and Wesson 500. It, I don't know what it was. I kind of forgot now. It was, a, I think it was a different brand than that. Okay. It might have been. It was a nice stainless steel one with like a satin finish. But um, I never did get that gun. It was a too long gluten period. But, anyways, um, then I, when I did go around, I had a 40, when I worked and stuff, I had like a 44 Magnum. Okay different places and shit like that but i i did go some remote places after that um and worked and uh spent the night in some like remote cabins and had some weird things kind of happen and seen some things and heard some things there's a lot of like paranormal and uh weird shit in alaska I tell you, <laughs> yeah i've heard some stories <laughs> so i guess is there anything looking funny. looking back and that day and you know yeah. traumatic events that happened is there anything looking back on that, like you wish you would have done differently or do you think you could have prepared yourself anyway, or you just, it just something freak out of the blue thing that's just happened and there's nothing you could do. Um, well, I kind of get, I wouldn't say arguments with people, but it kind of pisses me off because um, they think, Oh, you should do this or do that. You wouldn't have got chewed on. Well, guess what? I'm not, if there anybody's an expert, I'm the expert because I went through that situation. Yep. So like, and, and just like with people, like, you know, every, I mean, if you jump to the six inches to the right by a tree or something, it might change the whole situation. Like, you know, everything's a variable. Yep. So, uh, you know, I think I did everything I could possibly do to, uh, to the outcome that I got, you know. Like I read that, know. that stat that there's 40 people in the world that are attacked by a bear every year. I think how many, I don't know how many billions are on our planet. Five billion, six billion. I don't know how many billion there are. Well, I think there's more almost like eight now. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But think about that. It's 40. So it's, you're in very small company. I mean, it's, you got a better chance of winning the lottery and and, and getting struck by lightning on the same day, I think, than getting attacked by a bear. Well, thanks for for sharing your story, Bill. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad everything worked out for you in the end. And uh, yeah, some, you hear some of these horrible bear stories that don't work out very well. And, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. glad you're still around to enjoy life and, and, yeah, uh, appreciate maybe appreciate life a little bit more. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that 
don't yeah. appreciate what what we have and uh right you know i appreciate like every little thing of life now more because it's like you, you know you kind of look at things a little bit different yeah definitely <laughs> well thanks bill if you like what you heard today click the subscribe button to hear more upcoming stories if you or someone you know have a survival story you'd like to share contact me at I survived the wild outdoors at gmail.com.